We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Recruiters, reduce your cost per candidate by about 50% with CareerBuilder. We connect you to qualified, diverse candidates at every stage of the hiring funnel. CareerBuilder Talent Acquisition Suite. Software packed with talent. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward slash recruit. Welcome to the Budding Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro. I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, I normally have a somewhat witty question to ask you at the start of the show, but I don't today. So what's up? Witty, insert witty question here. Uh, I, I'm good, man. Uh, you know, I was waiting for a witty witty question, and now I'm, I'm just sadly disappointed. It's, it's the offseason, man. My, my brain is uh, recovering. From four, five months, six months, I guess, of intense football coverage, uh, even more so during the season when I had fantasy, and then during the playoffs when the Rams were relevant. I mean, when's the last time we had to give a shit about football in February? Like, that's that's a lot of work, man. The season, we the Rams played a game this month. Like, it, it feels like ages ago that NFL football was on, and the Rams played a game during this month. Oh, good times, good times. <laughs> well, speaking of good things, even though I know it's what not what you said, 
you guys know the drill by now. You know where to find our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Places like iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, Radio Public, and Spotify. And guys, if you know somebody who listens to podcasts on a platform where they can't find our podcast, hit hit me up, hit Derek up. Uh, we'll get our podcast on that platform if we can. Uh, we had a, you know, it's pretty easy to get on most of these platforms. And if there's a platform that you know people are listening on that we're not there. Let us know. And, of course, you can find our podcast feed on Clutch Points and the Clutch Points app. And don't forget to check out our other shows, Rams Talk Radio, Rampage Radio, and Rams Uncensored, a new show. I believe that's starting this week. And Norm's Untitled show. I don't know if it's still – is his show still Untitled? Uh, Got me. (laughs) That's our managing editor for you, Johnny Gomez, in the house. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> enough of that. Let's talk about football. I'll just get right into it, Johnny. Andrew Whitworth is back for another season. How you feeling about it? You know, I, I was kind of nervous about it. I kind of thought he was going to be back, but there's always that kind of small percentage that you worry about in the back of your mind. And thankfully, Whit, you know, put our minds at ease, and we can just focus on finding his replacement for the future. And I I think we're going to have to do that sooner rather than later. Uh, I know I've made my comments already known about how I feel about a rookie, but, uh, (laughs) you know, no offense to no boom or anything. It's not that I don't think he's going to be a good player. I just don't think he can be a left tackle. Well, I just think, yeah, it'll be interesting because I think they do actually really like no boom. And with wit back, you don't have to worry about that position this year. Uh, I, I do not expect them to spend any money on tackle in the offseason unless it's just a you know minimum contract. I could see them using one of their two third-round picks. And for those who don't know, we got awarded our compensatory picks. Uh, we did get the two we expected from losing Sammy Watkins and Tremaine Johnson. And the Rams will draft 94 and 99 in the third round this year. We don't have a second-round pick, but we do have our first, so... Uh, if they keep the first round pick, that those will be the next picks. I could see you, them using maybe one of them on a tackle, just because. Hey, why not? You, you get two shots at it to get a a lifetime replacement for Andrew Whitworth, and I could see that happening. Another thing that we do need to know on Whitworth is him retiring probably would have freed up a lot. Not probably would have freed up a lot of cap space. He is the second highest paid player on the team at sixteen point six million dollars. Uh, just ahead of Brandon Cooks, whose extension has kicked in this year. Todd Gurley doesn't even kick in this year, which is wild. But, yeah, so with him back, that's a, that's a big chunk of money that we would have had to spend that we don't. But at the same time, tackle is becoming a more and more expensive position. And I know Whitworth, he lost a little tiny step last season, but he's still probably better than any anyone we could have gotten at an affordable price on the open market. And on top of that, He's a huge leader in the locker room. Him walking into the locker room immediately changed the culture of the team, along with, obviously, a lot of other things happen. But he's a leader on this team. He's been a captain both years. And I think we are much better off with him on the team than without him right now. But I do agree. Uh, we do have to look into replacing him at some point soon. And uh, you think they spend any draft capital on a tackle? It wouldn't surprise me for them to you know, kind of throw a a flyer in the later rounds. 
you know, because you never know who you're going to end up drafting. But uh, I, I'd be surprised if they, like, used a first-round pick unless it was someone that oddly dropped to them. But, uh, yeah, I would expect them in the later rounds, but maybe not the earlier round picks. I wouldn't be shocked if – I know a lot of people think – and I'm curious what you think. I don't want to do a full, like, draft preview or something like that here, but I'm curious, like, what you think they'll spend their picks on. Now, a lot of people think that they're going to trade trade out of number one. I I feel like they don't because I think they could use a guy on a four- or five-year contract at a position if they like what's there. I mean, obviously, if it gets to 31 and they don't like who's there, they'll trade out, but – I could see them packaging the two third round picks to move up uh, into the high second rounds. And I think with those picks, they're going to be looking for a linebacker and a safety. And I think safety would be the one they take either in the second, maybe even the third, because Les Snead historically has nailed defensive backs on day two and three of the draft. But I, I think, I think they look for a linebacker either inside or out with the first pick, depending on, what they do in the offseason, which we're going to talk about on this podcast. But I don't know. What do you think they do with these picks positional-wise? Not not even like specific players. I, I think uh, additionally uh, what, what they could do is uh, if they really find someone that they absolutely fall in love with and, you know, they, if they feel like they can actually get to them with the draft picks this year, maybe even a little bit next year, wouldn't even surprise me if they moved up higher into the first round just because, again, we do have that glaring need at linebacker, and that's not going to go away. So, you know, something needs to be done, whether it be addressed, you know, in the draft, whether it be through free agency. Defensive back, I do think, will be addressed at some point. Uh, I don't know if I would say that it would be addressed in the first round pick, but I suppose that could be a possibility as well. But again, I, I do think that there is going to be a lot of possibilities, and it really just depends who's on the big board for less need. Yeah, and you you never know less need, man. I mean, we've had years where our our best players are defensive linemen, and if and you know then we draft Darren Donald. We had years where we drafted a running back in the third round a year after we had a breakout fifth round running back and then after that year we draft Todd Gurley so uh, who knows what lesson he does he's going to be unpredictable but yeah they could move up in the first round I mean they they don't have a second round pick but you got to think if they want to move up you know five ten spots from 31 to like 22 23 one of those third round picks will probably get it done depending on the team uh, a lot of teams, you know, if they get there and there's not guys they like, they won't mind moving back eight picks to pick up another draft pick. I know it's a late third round pick, but it's still a valuable pick. And then even them later on can move back up in the draft with that pick as the asset. So dra- draft trading is fun. I think it's fun in every sport uh, that, that has an interesting draft. And I'm glad football is one of the ones that does. All right. So the core of this podcast is we are going to be looking into free agency what lies ahead and some potential players pretty much that the rams could target now johnny i'm assuming this applies to you but we'll give a full disclosure here all right this is a rams podcast we spend most of our times watching the rams this season so 
we're going to talk about guys, but look, like, if I bring up, you know, Tyron Matthew, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know every, I've watched every single minute of the man's career. Uh, this is going off what we've seen and what we've read about these players. I mean, is is that fair to say? Well, this is a Rams podcast? <laughs> well, damn. I, I, just, I, I want to give full disclosure, all right? I, I think we're, at this point, pretty close to Rams experts, but uh, you know, we don't know everything about every team and every player in the league, I'd say. Uh, are you sure? No, I was kidding. No, <laughs> you're, you're right. There, there are things that we, uh, we're, we're more educated on than others. And I think you'll notice, especially if we mention a guy that's in like the NFC West or someone that the Rams play quite frequently, I think we're a little bit more tuned with, uh, than say, you know, someone from like, uh, maybe the AFC South or something like that, you know, but, uh, this is this is something that I think we could uh, that we did we have done a little bit of research on and something that we can at least you know entertain the possibility of certain players. Right, right, and yeah, we're going to be more familiar with the guys from our division, the guys we see twice a year. Um, but yeah, and we know what the Rams need, and we Johnny and I put together a list of potential players, and it should come as no surprise that. Pretty much the only players on the list are safeties, linebackers, and centers. Uh, Like, literally, I think that's all we, on our combined list, is what we had. But let's start inside the division with a guy who, I'm not sure how realistically the Rams will be in play for this guy, but Earl Thomas, 30 years old, coming, he's coming off a broken leg, but uh, we pulled up both Pro Football Focus and NFL.com's top players. He's in the top six in both of them, number two on pro football focus. Come in, the injury hurt him. Uh, he held out to get more money, to get a contract extension for stability. Somehow he's forced back into playing and then got injured, which is literally why people hold out. So it sucks for him, and maybe he'll get a, a affordable deal and the Rams will be in play, but I don't know how realistic that is. He's 30, yeah, but he's still in good shape, and I don't think – uh, the injury will be a recurring thing. But how do you feel about Earl Thomas? And realistically, do you think the Rams will be in play for him? Personally, I think safeties in general, unless the Rams get like a remarkable deal, I don't think the Rams are going to pursue one in free agency just because of Les Needs' track record. Uh, that being said, if there is a safety in free agency that I personally want, it's Earl Thomas. Not not just because the guy's good, because yeah, obviously the guy is is an amazing player. But because he was a Seattle Seahawk, how sweet would it be to see this man decimate the <laughs> the Seahawks offense? You know, just stick it to him. And you know that this guy is pissed at the at the um, front office from Seattle. So, uh, personally, I hope that Earl Thomas signs like a maybe like a one or two year deal with the Rams. That's you know an affordable contract, and just just so he could stick it to the Seahawks. I think that would be amazing. And I know we're gonna get to other safeties later on, but of all the safeties, I would love Earl Thomas on this team. And yes, he would be an amazing player to have next to Johnson 
and I would think make a really scary secondary, in my personal opinion. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, you add Earl Thomas in the mix. That's that might be the best secondary in the league, at least one of them, uh, as long as Talib and Talib doesn't lose a step and Johnson continues to progress. But yeah, he he's an incredible player. Coming from the Seahawks would be an amazing story. I I think he would love to stick it to the Seahawks. Um, I know he loves the the fans and the players on the team, but he clearly was not happy with management. And the last clip of Earl Thomas in a Seahawks jersey is probably going to be him flicking off the sidelines. So <laughs> him going to the Rams would be an unbelievable. But you know, realistically, to get Earl Thomas, it would probably have to be a two year deal. I don't think he'd take a one year deal, and it would be most of our free agency budget to get him uh i don't think he's like he's either gonna get years or he's gonna get money you know he's he's a guy who's worth uh you know 12 to 15 million type two-year gamble on and i don't know if the rams are gonna be the team that would want to take that i it would make sense considering where the money is going in the future and you know how long they have uh before they have to extend goff but yeah, man, Earl Thomas, that would be an incredible story. Um, he he, I don't think he's lost a step, really, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I would absolutely love to have the guy. And his last full season, he was a Pro Bowl and a second team All Pro. So assuming he comes back from that injury healthy, he still got it, man. That would be nuts. Uh, talk about a player who has lost a little step. And, Johnny, this is a guy off your list, so I'll let you talk about him. Brandon Marshall, the linebacker Brandon Marshall, not the receiver, who I'm assuming we have absolutely no interest in. You mean to tell me we're not going to add Brandon Marshall to the receiving core? <laughs> I think that if we ranked the players from least likely to join the Rams, he'd be last or near the bottom, right ahead of Sean Mannion. Oh wow! Wow, he's in Sean Mannion territory. That's that's serious. <laughs> had to had to be mentioned. Yeah, it was going to be mentioned regardless. But uh, on a serious note here, uh, Brandon Marshall, linebacker. I know he hasn't been like the same Brandon Marshall that we've known, but at the same time, we've the Brandon Marshall that we've known was with Wade Phillips. And I think that's where the connection begins. See, um, th- this kind of goes with, like, uh, just depending on what Les Snead really does. Now, obviously, a signing of Brandon Marshall isn't going to be, like, that home run signing that everyone is looking for. But that means that the home run signing is going to be elsewhere. So this is going to be a guy that's going to be, like, a filler, you know, maybe a one-year contract. And someone that I feel like would do relatively well and definitely an upgrade in the system, especially someone that is familiar with Wade Phillips's defense. So me personally, this is kind of what I'm kind of angling at. Now, obviously if we're looking for the future at, at linebacker, he's not the answer, obviously not, but I think this is a good filler uh, for maybe this season and maybe the uh, maybe the next if you want to sign him to a two year deal. Although me personally, I would prefer to stick to a one year deal. Uh, I I don't know. Like, uh, what are your thoughts on Brandon Marshall at this point? He's definitely on the decline. Uh, pro Football Football 
what? Pro Football Focus ranked him the number 48 linebacker, which grades out to being average, uh, better coverage player than run stopper. But like you said, he knows the system. And if we were to get him on a very affordable deal, you know, I would not really want to sink a large amount of money to him at all. But we get him on a, an affordable contract for one or two years, kind of just a stopgap player, like you mentioned, maybe bring in a guy or develop a Mike Kaiser or somebody like that if if they like him. Yeah, why not? I mean, he's he can't be worse than what we had. You know, I I think he'd be cheaper than Mark Barron. Obviously, keeping Mark Barron it would be expensive, and um, no news on him getting cut or anything yet. But yeah, I. I wouldn't. I'd be okay with Brandon Marshall, uh, depending on the price. I would not really want to sink a significant amount of money in him at all. But I wouldn't hate it, man. I definitely wouldn't hate having him. How about we go to? Hmm. I want to talk about Clay Matthews. All right. Uh, first of all, do you have any interest in signing Clay Matthews? Not even in the slightest, but I'm really curious what you have to say about him. I I agree with you. Um, <laughs> I I threw out Clay Matthews because he's a name that has been being talked about uh, potentially going to the Rams due to their need at edge rushing, and Clay Matthews is you know an edge. He's an edge rusher. He's been an edge rusher his whole career. But let me tell you something about Clay Matthews. All right, I went to college in Wisconsin, and I had a lot of friends who were Packers fans, and they were very, very fed up with Clay Matthews when I was in college. Um, by the end, of, when I was about to graduate, you know, my last football season there, uh, they they were very angry watching him play, and they were not happy, and they knew he was washed up. I graduated from college in 2016, so the last year I was in college was 2015, where I heard these Packers fans. That was four seasons ago so no i don't want him four years later on our team Uh, he'll make a big play here and there but unless we get him on a minimum deal and he's a situational edge rusher which look is possible if there's no money out there for him and he'd want to come to la and play in his college stadium i would be fine with him in that situation but i'd almost be fine with anybody on a minimum deal I could fill a need and if we'd have to sink any real like you know even if like average money I don't know I'd rather sink that into Brandon Marshall than Clay Matthews I think Clay Matthews is washed up and like literally unless he's going to be used in a similar order like Chris Long was used with the Patriots the year after he left us and I don't think he'd be nearly as effective as Long would but that's about it that's that's about all all Clay Matthews could give us at this point. Uh, are you disappointed that I didn't try and vouch for Clay Matthews? You know, I was real curious when you put him on this list. I was like, Steve, why are you doing this to me, man? Why are you doing this to me? Uh, you know, Clay Matthews, you know, he was a stud back in the day. He, uh, he did really well because literally all he did, all he was, was an edge rusher. And that's great. Uh, but as Steve said, this guy is clearly washed up. And it, it's almost painful to watch sometimes because at, at some point he became more of a liability than an asset. And the thing about that, too, 
is this is quite possibly one of the most dangerous types of players in free agency because he has that name, that kind of aura, that NFL aura that entices teams to sign him to ridiculous contracts. And I have a feeling, well, although he's older, so maybe it won't get like, you know, the long-term deals, but I have a feeling that there's going to be that one team that's going to sign him to at least a two or three year deal. And it'll be a loaded contract. That's not what the Rams need. Uh, so even that possibility that you brought up Steve with him, you know, accepting a veteran minimum, which I highly doubt, I think he'd retire uh, if, if it came to that. But even if it came down to that, I don't know if I want him, you know, just because I don't think he's that good anymore, you know, and, and again, maybe I'm overreacting a little bit, but uh, yeah, his good days are gone. And I'd much rather have Brandon Marshall if I'm going to be hundred percent honest. Yeah, I definitely have Bradley Marshall, but I'm also like, I love like legendary players in obscure situations. So if we could get him like basically for free, <laughs> I'd kind of love it to be honest. Like I loved, I loved when Wes Welker played for the Rams. I thought that was so funny. Just like oh, ancient fossil Wes Welker, uh, one hit away from literally never playing football again is just out there running routes for us. And has to play because we have no receivers. Uh, I don't know. I gotta love stuff like that. But yeah, if we I was had to put to those days, <laughs> I don't know. I I collect like I collect weird basketball jerseys like that. I have a Dwight Howard uh, Hawks jersey, Dwayne Wade Bulls. Oh, wow. uh, I got I got an Isaiah Thomas Cleveland Cavaliers jersey on the clearance rack at the NBA store. Really really happy about that one. Uh, even though he's not a le- like a legendary player or anything, but um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. we've talked enough about Clay Matthews. Johnny, tell me about Mitch Morse, center for the Kansas City Chiefs last year, who was created out to be the 13th best center in the league according to Pro Football Focus. You know, it's clear that uh, we need a new center. You know, Sullivan. I, I have to say. When we first signed Sullivan, I didn't have a lot of expectations for him just because while I did respect his career previously, I knew he was far past his prime. But he did surprise me a little bit. Last year, he regressed so much, and he was not nearly the center that we remembered in his prime. And at this point, I kind of hope he just retires rather than stays with the team. Uh, he was clearly the weak link on the offensive line. And this is why, personally, I, I kind of hope to get a guy like Mitch Morse just because he may not be the best free agent center out there, but I think he can do a solid job and certainly is an upgrade over over Sullivan. So, uh, me personally, I, I would rather get a veteran center than a rookie center just because you know it's not it's not that uncommon to have a starting center uh as your rook uh, a rookie as a starting center rather but 
it, it's it's not common that it'll they'll do well. And at this point, I don't know if Brian Allen is going to be able to step into that role just yet. And I think a guy like Mitch Morse would be a great option just in case Allen isn't ready. I know we were kind of high on Allen, you know, during preseason, but that's just preseason. So um, I, I would love to sign Mitch Morse to, to this team. I think he'd be an immediate upgrade and hopefully, you know, be able to really fully connect his ability with the Sean McVay's offense. Yeah, I think, and realistically, I think we could cut Sullivan and get Mitch Morse for similar money, which, you know, isn't too, like, super cheap. I think Sullivan was making about $6.5 million. Um, but Mitch Morse is young, and he's he's good, and he's coming off in – um, not coming off an injury, but he's missed some games over the last year. So I don't think he's going to, you know, demand a ton of money here on the open market, but I, I think he, he'd be a good fit for us. Yeah. And I think Sullivan regressed and I'd, I'd be kind of surprised if, if they didn't cut him, but you know, we haven't had any news, uh, as far as cuts go out of LA yet. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I, I'd be okay with Mitch Morris. And you had Matt Matt Paradis on your list too, uh, center for the Denver Broncos, who is coming off uh, a season-ending foot injury, which might affect his value. But he's kind of – he was ranked 15th on the pro football focus list compared to Mitch Morris being 40. But on the NFL.com list, Morris was 33 and Paradis was 35. But Paradis was the – uh, number two ranked center on Pro Football Focus, so they're obviously a little higher about him. But how do you feel about Paradis? If I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, you know that that was kind of the other thing too. Is I was like, is it Paradis or is it Parody? Uh, I don't know. It might be Parody. Uh, <laughs> I don't like we said. We don't we don't watch the Broncos very often, and when you turn on the Broncos, they're not calling out plays from the offensive line very often. And look at that fine block by Matt Parody. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So as far as uh, Matt Parody here, and yeah, I know I'm gonna probably be crucified for for you know mispronouncing his name, but probably mostly from Derek. But as far as <laughs> <laughs> Derek, I know you're listening. Yes, you you can you can uh, you can crucify me later. But as far as Parody goes, he is is someone that I'm kind of high on also. And I think one of the reasons why the kind of the topsy turvy, you know, ranking of him is because I think some, you know, rankings are uh, based on his injury history. And, and, uh, and that is something to consider because, you know, you doesn't matter how good your center is if he's on, you know, the injured reserve. And that is something to be concerned of. But again, you do if that if that's even the case, you still have a guy like Brian Allen in the background. And we don't really know how good he is just yet. But this is kind of the reason to bring in kind of an experienced veteran like a Morse, like a Parody, uh, so that they can teach this guy and mold him because he may be the future of this uh, the future center of this team. We don't know yet. And even if that's not the case, you know, the draft, you know, you, you, if you want to throw in another center for competition, why not? But 
I, I would love to have either one of these guys. Morse, Parity. I think Morse might be a little bit cheaper, uh, but I could be mistaken. Uh, at, at this point, either one of these guys, you instantly have an upgrade over Sullivan. Nothing against Sullivan. Again, the guy had a wonderful career, but his best years are clearly behind him. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, like I think we're both on the same page that Sullivan is probably out of on his way out. I, I could see a world where they do bring him back uh, to just for kind of what's why am I blanking on this word? What's cohesiveness? You know, keeping the team back together. I think there's some value in you know having having been with these guys for a period of time. But yeah, parity. I think he's aiming pretty high. Because I think he's going to be one of the, the top centers on the market, but I'd absolutely love to have him. He's only twenty nine years old, uh, which is you know Whitworth's what thirty thirty seven. So for an offensive line, it's not that old. And I don't I don't think we'd sink a huge long term contract into a guy like that. But you know, he's he's a guy that, that would make sense. And if we're going to move on from Sully and we can we can get him, yeah, I'm all for it. And it'll be interesting to see how they feel about Brian Allen because. If they really like Brian Allen, they might just keep Sully and replace him at some point in the year with um, Brian Allen. All right. One player, last player here before we get to our sponsor. Uh, Johnny, I this was a late addition to my list, and I haven't told you about him. But Terrell Suggs, it, uh, like Clay Matthews, he's getting up there in age. He's an edge rusher. But... You know, Suggs is 36 years old, so I can't imagine him getting a big contract from anyone. But he's better than Clay Matthews right now. He was the 36-ranked edge rusher last season, according to Pro Football Focus. He's, you know, he's not the player he was, but he, I think he still demands a little more attention than Clay Matthews did at this point in his career, and I. When that guy's coming off the edge, I think he's still a little frightening and can still do some damage. And I don't know. For some reason, if we could get him maybe like a one-year, four- or five-million-dollar deal, I'd love to have a guy like that. And I don't know if he would leave Baltimore right now, but it's definitely in the realm. I don't know. What what do you think? Is is this a player you'd consider? Well, first off, give me Terrell Suggs over Clay Matthews any day. Yeah, right. Of course. In both of their primes, give me Suggs over Matthews. Uh, I'm sorry. Terrell Suggs was, was a beast and still is to, to that degree. Maybe not the same beast that we all know and love, but it's all the same case. He's still a beast. Uh, I personally don't think he's going to leave Baltimore. I think he's going to either sign with Baltimore on a deal or he's just going to retire. That I, I think that's how dedicated he is to the Ravens. But as far as, let's say, if the Rams could sway him to come and play on a championship team, I I wouldn't have any opposition for it. I, I, again, he's not a long-term answer. This isn't a guy that you give, you know, a, a three-year deal for. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, honestly, for a one-year deal. Certainly is a boost to this group because, uh, let, let's be honest, we we other than maybe Dante Fowler, we really don't have an edge rusher. It, it doesn't exist on the Rams. And Noel Fowler is clearly going to be gone. So uh, as far as Terrell Suggs go, 
Um, if we can get them for that cheap, I say why not? You know, F it. You know, go go ahead and sign them to a one-year, four to five million dollar contract. I am on board every day. Forget about Clay Matthews. I'm all about Terrell Suggs at that price tag. Yeah, and he's definitely going to be someone who seems like he'd be loyal to Baltimore, but you never know, man. He's he's a scary player coming off that edge. He's always been, and yeah, it'd be, it'd be really cool to get a guy like that on our team, uh, but we'll see if that's realistic. But guys, uh, we got to talk our spon- about our sponsor here real quick, and that's our friend Jim Hawk and his book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Now, most of us are practically addicted to anything LA Rams we get our hands on, whether that's podcasts, whether that's articles, whether that's the paper, I don't know. But this is just, it's top notch stuff, and it's a good way to learn about the Rams history with a bit of a personal touch. Jim Hawk's book, guys, it's about, it tells the story of the 1950s Rams who lends a Jim's dad, John, who was an office alignment for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out a son's story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. I mean, in this book, you're going to read about guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Legs Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in a story that spans the 1950s LA Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and the paperback is coming in September. You guys, you can also find Hawk's book through various other books I was on the internet. Guys, this book is worth every penny for any Rams fan out there, but also just a great story about the person's father and the legacy left behind. Again, guys, trust me, one more time, Hollywood's team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It is well worth your time. Okay, Johnny, tell me about Ravens linebacker, another one, Patrick, and I'm going to butcher this, Anwasaw? Uh, you know, the funny thing is his his nickname is Onwasaurus Rex, so I'm going to go with Onwasaur. Yeah, Onwasaur sounds uh, good with me. Yeah. <laughs> I I was I was actually laughing when I found out his nickname was Onwasaurus Rex, and for a good reason. Dude, dude is big uh, and and is, is a beast, honestly. Y- you know, and the thing is, there are so many talented linebackers in Baltimore that he doesn't get nearly the praise he deserves, at least from my opinion and how the Ravens front office manages to not to have four talented linebackers as free agents. Someone needs to be fired there. I don't know how that happens, but uh, anyway, not what we're talking about here. As far as, uh, Patrick Onwasor, he is is uh, one one of the guys that I would love to have in the inside because he he can basically do it all. I mean he's not he's not the best coverage man, but he's fairly decent I feel, and that's kind of the thing is you don't really hear a lot about him because you know you're you're talking about guys like C.J. Mosley, like Terrell Suggs, like. Um, even Kenny Young, who they recently drafted, is is also a, a great guy and also a UCLA person. Just got to throw that in there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I feel like uh, at this point, this is kind of us suggesting that we need to get rid of Mark Barron because 
if we put a guy like Anwasor next to Corey Littleton, who I think is a really good cover linebacker, maybe not the best best, but, you know, a really good one. And then a guy like Anwasor, who is a guy that tackles extremely well, I think that's exactly what you need, you know? And again, he's not, a, he's not terrible at covering. He's just not maybe good as, say, like a Corey Littleton. So for me, I think he adds that dimension that you need for, for the Rams. And personally, I, I think he would be an excellent and welcome addition to the squad. Uh, did, have you had a chance to take a look at him? Not a, not a ton of looks at him, but um, yeah, I, I'm with you on how you described him. And it definitely sounds like a guy we need. And, uh, you know, grades out pretty well in pass coverage, according to PFF. So, yeah, if he's a restricted free agent. So it'll be interesting to see if the Ravens end up tendering him like we should do with Corey Littleton. But, you know, based on how you feel about the Ravens front office, I think there's no chance they make the smart decision here, right? You know, I'm hoping so. <laughs> I hope they're like, you know what, let's let, let's let him walk. Yeah, you mentioned Corey Littleton. I mean, he's not perfect, um, but we can tender him. And, I mean, if they're looking to replace Littleton, then I think their priorities are in the wrong place because – what you should be doing is looking for a guy to put next to him and moving on from Barron. Uh, you know, Littleton, I think he's proved that he's a starter in this league. Not a great one, but a fine one. And, yeah, there's, there's no point of replacing him right now. You want to get someone next to him that'll help boost that core and make that just a better unit overall. Littleton, I think, is a great second-best linebacker in that unit uh, for, for a good team. How about we talk about these two guys? And, you know, you put Jadavion Clowney on the list, and I'll throw to Marcus Lawrence out there as well. Two elite outside linebacker edge rushers, uh, the two of the highest-ranked uh, free agents entering the offseason right now, and two guys that might not even make it to free agency. Uh, Lawrence especially seems like they want to get a deal done. He's the top player on both uh, PFF and NFL.com. Jadavion Clowney is six on PFF and two on NFL.com, but I, I guess Clowney more specifically because I think he's more likely to hit the market. But I don't know if any of the either of them were. But if either of these teams did, you'd have to pay a lot of money for them. And do you think the Rams would even make an attempt to pay a lot of money to these guys? Ah, uh, <laughs> that's that's a tough question. Uh, as far as Lawrence goes, I, I he's not he's not making it out of Dallas. I think we can go ahead and just cross him out. Cool. And man. even if he did, huh? No, that that I I agree with you. That works for me. Yeah, yeah. We we can go ahead and uh, cross him out because he he's not leaving Dallas. He's not. And uh, I think it's foolish to think that you know the Dallas is going to let him walk. I, I do question some of their moves, but. Uh, you know, you, you don't let a guy like Demarcus Lawrence go. But as far as Jadavion Clowney goes, I, I don't see him moving out of Houston either. I see him instantly being tagged. I, I, I think that he would prefer to be elsewhere, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I don't know. Like, for me, I, I would personally love to have Clowney. I think just about any team in the league would love to have Clowney. I don't know if the Rams could afford him, even if, let's say, uh, the the Texans are like, you know what, 
uh, we're going to be stupid and let you walk. You know, no, no franchise tag. So uh, go ahead and sign wherever you want. I, I don't think the Rams can have enough money, honestly. I, I think at that point you would need to have like a for sale sign and say, okay, uh, pick who you want because we need to free up some money for this guy. And as far as Clowney goes, he may be worth it, but I, at the end of the day, I don't think the Rams could afford him. I I think the most telling thing is, and if this report is true, the Rams tried to make a play at Khalil Mack in the offseason last year, and their plan was to make that trade and then trade him this offseason. And so if they wouldn't have invested a big contract in Khalil Mack, and I know Clowney's not getting the money Khalil Mack got, but he's going to get a hefty payday either from the Texans on a franchise tag or somebody else. I don't think that they'd realistically make a play at a guy like this who's going to cost that much money on the edge. I think they'd love to have an edge rusher, but uh, I don't think the yeah, I don't I don't see Clowney realistically happening. But man, that would be insane if they got Jadavion Clowney. Um, I wouldn't I, complain. <laughs> yeah, here's a guy I want to talk about that could be an interesting fit is. Tampa Bay linebacker Quan Alexander. Uh, he had a really stellar start to his career, uh, three solid seasons, but he's never been able to really stay on the field fully. Uh, 2016, he had 114 tackles, or no, 145 combined tackles. Uh, 2017, ended up making the Pro Bowl. Uh, tackles were down, but he didn't play as many games. Uh, and this year, he had an ACL injury. So, I could see him, you know, being a little bit cheaper, maybe getting a two-year deal for a decent amount of money. And look, this guy is young. Uh, he's a talented linebacker. I think he fits in the system well next to Corey Littleton. He fits the, the age group of our key guys, and he's you know, basically around the same age as Todd Gurley and Jared Goff. Um, I think that he's uh, he didn't grade out exceptionally last season. Uh, pretty low among linebackers. So if his name value might get him some money, but if he gets paid based on what he did last season, it's not going to be a ton. And I, I just, I think he's a promising young player. I really liked him in his first three years at Tampa Bay before last season. I think that relationship is probably soured. He's an unrestricted free agent. And this is a guy I as far as the linebackers go, this is the guy I had my eye on for the Rams. Um, I don't know if he might not be in our price range, but if we can get him um, for maybe like two years, seven or $8 million. And that's where we invest our linebacker money in. I'd, I'd be fine with it. I think, I think he fits in well, but wait, you got any familiarity with Alexander? Uh, I do actually. I, I love Quan Alexander. And I, I think that this was a guy that I would have loved to do a write-up on. I, I don't know if you read my uh, article this uh, past week, but I, I did cover the inside linebackers. And I did have him as an honorable mention, but it, I didn't have him in my top five. Reason being is because I don't think that he will sign with the Rams. Primarily because I think that he's going to be too much. I think... He's going to get a, a hefty contract, maybe not as high as you know others, but 
I think that he's going to get like, you know, a four to five year deal. I see a team like, you know, uh, you know, maybe the Jets or something. I mean, just throwing a team out there, you know, a team with a lot of money, uh, you know, a team like the Jets that have like, you know, a lot of cap space that are just going to go crazy uh, in the offseason. And I see them, a team like that, signing him to like a, you know, four to five year deal, which is going to be a ridiculous contract for the Rams. They, they can't really afford that. Uh, and while I wouldn't necessarily mind adding Quan Alexander, I, I think he would be welcome addition. Like you said, I think he'd be really solid, but uh, I just don't think in the end that the Rams are going to have enough cash space to, to sign this guy. Right. And yeah, if he gets four or five year deal um, for even what I mentioned, seven or eight million a year, we probably can't afford to sink in that money long term. And I, I think that kind of shows why, you know, maybe they shouldn't move out of the first round because you got to get good young talent on a decent contract. And these guys, we, we don't have a ton of money to sink into free agency and that that might handicap us a little bit. Um, in that regard, a guy that I want, I want to touch on Landon Collins because he got outright cut by the Giants, even though he was a franchise tag candidate. Do you, I'll just ask you this quick and then I can talk about him after. Do you think that he's also going to be priced out of our range, uh, given his name recognition and his age? I'd like to say no. But realistically speaking, yes, uh, unless he decides to sign, you know, at a one year deal, it, I think the cheapest he'd probably go would be like eight million, which is still kind of high. But um, I, I I don't think he even signs for that cheap. I think there's going to be a team out there willing to invest in his name alone and personally, I, I like the guy. I think he's a, dec- a really good player. And I think he has a lot more upside than some of the other free agents out there. But uh, realistically speaking, I-, I think Landon Collins is way out of our price range. Yeah, hypothetically here, um, Landon Collins and even like Tyron Matthew, um, long-term money, we're probably not going to be able to guide them. But if you could get one of those guys on a – let's say $12, 13000000 million one-year deal, do you think that that would be something we should consider or would you rather get some money with a little bit more years on it if you're going to spend that much money on a guy? You know, I think if we were going to go that route, I'd invest it in Earl Thomas just because, again, well, well, don't get me wrong. I think these other two are in a class of their own. I think, you know, if, if Earl Thomas was a little bit younger, he'd be right up there with them. But um, at that point, I just don't see that it becomes worth it just because it's almost like a tease. And, you know, if we had a little more cap space, I would say make make a pull for him. But otherwise, I'd rather invest in a younger linebacker at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you on that thought. Um it's these yeah, these guys will be tough to get and I know we're gonna end up with some cap space after we 
week, you know, make a cut. I think they got to cut somebody, you know, probably Mark Barron, and then you know, maybe Sullivan and maybe even Michael Brockers, which is another topic. But it'll be interesting to see how they spend this money, given that you know, come twenty twenty one. They're going to be paying Aaron Donald $27 million that season. They're going to be paying Brandon Cooks almost $17 million. They're going to be paying Todd Gurley $13 million. Uh, they have a couple. Robert Woods is making nine. Rob Havenstein's making seven and a half. And Jared Goff is probably more than likely in 2021 going to be getting over $30 million because the money is going to keep going up and quarterback money is going to keep going up. I you know I don't know if they would sink. Do you think they would sink in long term money to somebody like that? Let's throw this out there because I think this fits in with our topic. For whatever reason, the other day, a lot of people were talking about how the Rams should trade for Von Miller. Um, I think it was Cam DeSilva brought this up as a hypothetical, and everyone just kind of ran with it as a thing that might happen. And I don't think it would happen, but. Now, do you think that there's a chance they'd pay another guy serious long-term money? I mean, if they traded for Von Miller, he'd be on the books for a cap number of $25 million over the next two seasons, and then it dips down uh, in 2021 to a contract they could get out of pretty easily. Um, and whether it's even Von Miller or not, do you think they would even look to acquire somebody at that money? I know we kind of touched on it with the Khalil Mack thing, but... Um, if you could get a guy for two more years before you have to extend Goff at a big price point, I don't. Would it be something they consider? I don't see why not. You know, again, you have to prioritize. You know, with with the other needs, because while Von Miller would fill in a huge need, probably the biggest need out of all of all of them, I don't know if you can. You know, you can get a guy like Von Miller and address the other needs because at that point, you're still going to need help at safety, which, okay, let's say, hypothetically speaking, they look towards the draft. Okay, maybe. Uh, then you have to look at other positions of need. You, you have to look at the possibility of bringing back Saffold. Actually, at that point, if you, uh, if, if you end up trading for Von Miller, you, you can pretty much say goodbye to Saffold because there's no way you're going to be able to afford to, to resign him. So this does, while it does fill in a huge need, it also creates a lot of other problems. And that's something to consider. Now, if there's already another plan along with that, then why not? You know, uh, I, I think that, you know, I, it, I'm not turning down the idea per se but to get a guy like von miller it will have its fair share of consequences and i think at this point it may be better just to kind of try to fill in the holes you know through free agency and through the draft yeah and i think the problem with getting von miller and you know i think if they could get him that it would be awesome but you'd have to give up draft picks to get him and if you're trading for him um, you know, even if you traded, say, Michael Brockers for him, and you move that eleven million dollars, you're still taking back a huge cap number from Von Miller, who makes a shitload of money. 
Uh, there's no other way to put it outside of this man makes a shitload of money. Um, he'd be, I think he will get more than Aaron Donald as far as his cap number next year uh, and for the coming years. So you'd have to give up picks that would, uh, you know, theoretically be the way you fill in the other needs on the team through the draft to get Von Miller. So I think, you know, if they could outright sign Von Miller for this money or get him in a cap dump, they'd probably consider it because they could keep the picks. But you got you got to get some young talent in there. I know we've been kind of trading our draft assets for established players, but I think now, given where we're at in the timeline and the players that are on long-term money, I think you need to get affordable talent in there. And that's how successful championships are built is through the draft. And I think, you know, even let's say we keep Saffold and lose the rest of our big free agents. You really, the only other starters you need to bring in are an outside linebacker and a, uh, a safety. And that's, that's really about it. And a defensive tackle. But if you have Brockers, you don't really need to bring in another defensive tackle. You could roll with, Donald and Brockers and Franklin Myers and yeah it's not gonna be the same as it was last year but it's a very doable offensive or defensive line and it has been in the past so it I don't know we'll we'll see they always surprise us with trades and I think you know how early did these trades start last season do you remember when like what was the first trade Marcus Peters I believe so yeah Let's see when – so that was around – that was February 26th last year when Marcus Peters got traded. So keep an eye on if the Rams are going to make trades. It's probably going to happen in the next week or so if they go the same route they've gone. They went last year with instead of signing guys in free agency, you bring in guys through trades, and if they walk, you get the compensatory picks like they did with Sammy Watkins, which is huge, and what will – I don't think it'll be a third-round pick, but we'll get a pick back for Dante Fowler if he leaves. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch, man. Um, let's wrap up with this, and this isn't something we talked about before the show, so I hope I don't catch you too off guard here. Backup quarterback. Sean Mannion is a free agent. He's probably gone. What? Let me name you some of the guys that are available, and if you think the – Realistically, there's a chance we get any of these guys. Tyrod Taylor, Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater, not even going to mention Nick Foles because it's not happening. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Robert Griffin III, um, and then I guess lesser players, Geno Smith. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's about it that has have any interesting appeal. Any of these guys, do you think that the team would look to bring in? What about Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> hey man, uh, it'll never happen because truthfully, I don't think he would play for backup quarterback money right now. Uh, the man he makes a lot of money doing what he's doing. Um, I'd be fine with him as our backup quarterback, but not not with what we'd have to pay him. But <laughs> continue. Uh, to tell you the truth, I you know the the guys that I personally find. The most intriguing are, are guys that I feel like would cost too much. I would rather sink that money as in like a, you know, late, you know, late round pick 
you know, kind of like how we did with Ryan Fitzpatrick before we let him go to become a starter elsewhere and become, you know, the who would have fucking the, thought, man, the Fitz magic himself. <laughs> uh, who um, would have thought for those of you that don't know Fitz magic was a Ram. Yep. He, he was a Ram first. We had him first. Like you said, so it that alone already proves because he I don't recall what draft pick he was or what round he was selected. I know it wasn't very high. I think it was like a you know fifth or sixth round pick if I'm not mistaken. Uh keep talking and I'll look it up. But uh yeah, I, I know he wasn't a very high picks, but that's exactly my point. Is there's talent to be found in later round picks and you know, uh, it doesn't always work out, you know, cough cough Sean Mannion, but you know, the point being is... <laughs> Sean, you, I had to cut you, in. Sean Mannion wasn't a late-round pick. He was a third-round pick. What? Really? <laughs> yes, he was a third-round pick. He was a late third-round pick, but Sean Mannion was a day-two selection, man. Um, you know, wow. he Yeah, and by the way, Fitzpatrick oh. went... Uh, Fitzpatrick was 250 out of 255, so seventh round. Wait. Wait, so he was a seventh-round pick. Yeah, and, like, barely a draft pick. Yeah, he was a pick where guys normally don't make the team. Oh, I thought I thought you were saying he was a third-round pick. Um, No, Sean Mannion. Sorry. Oh, okay, I cut it because okay. you said Sean Mannion was a late-round pick, and I'm saying he was not a late-round pick. We wasted a third-round pick on him, and you know who went? Uh, 30 picks later, Quan Alexander, a guy we talked about. So, <laughs> y- y- Les Need for all the hits he's made in the second and third round, when he misses, he fucking whiffs, man. He has had some whiffs in the second and third rounds. And, you know, he's had some home runs. You got to give him credit for, like, for every Brian Quick and Sean Mannion, there's Janoris Jenkins and Trumaine Johnson. So, I feel like he either hits a home run or he just strikes out. He he swings for the fences with these picks. Or maybe he should just stick to, to drafting defensive backs only. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I don't. He hasn't really missed on any of them. <laughs> so yeah, as far as the uh, other free agents, though, maybe Tyrod Taylor. You know, he he might come cheap enough. Uh, RG three might come cheap enough. Uh, I I really have no interest in Teddy Bridgewater and his probably lucrative. Con- I I think he's overrated, to be honest. I never really saw the appeal in Teddy Bridgewater, and when the Saints actually traded to get him, thinking he was like going to be the the future beyond Drew Brees, I just thought it was the most hilarious thing ever. So, uh, no, I'm not willing to pay for a Teddy Bridgewater who's going to really amount to nothing, really. Uh, so, personally, I, I if I had to pick one, I would go after... Tyrod Taylor or maybe RG3. Uh, I wouldn't even be super satisfied with that either. I I personally would rather look to the draft and have uh, you know, golf mentor him at this point. Yeah, it's I would be fine with using a our fourth or fifth round pick on a quarterback if there's a guy they like. I also I'd say my budget would be you know, f- I think 4 million dollars on a free agent backup quarterback. I'd be fine with giving RG3 like four mil. A, because it would be full circle and it would be amazing. 
and be you know he's a guy that I think I mentioned this on before like if Sean Mannion trotted onto the field after Jared Goff got injured the season is fucking over if RG3 walks out there I mean yeah you don't feel good about it but you've seen this guy in the past carry teams and it was only at one year really but he still did it and he, <laughs> he looked he looked good in the preseason I know it's the preseason all but Sean Mannion never looked good in the preseason uh so <laughs> he's got that for it I, I'd love Fitzpatrick another full circle uh I don't know what he's gonna be in, but if we get Fitzpatrick for like four million a year uh you feel all right if he comes in as the backup quarterback uh, it's really just insurance this guy's never gonna play and that's why you know I feel I like Bridgewater more than you do but it be he's not coming here uh I, I can't really see that happening I think the Saints keep him give him what they traded for him uh Tyrod would be cool, but I think he he probably gets a little more than our budget. Um, he's young, and I don't know. He's not young, but he's only 30, which is young for quarterback. And, Johnny, a name I forgot, and it has to be thrown out there. <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. What do you think I'm going to say? You're going to say your boy. I'm not going to say my boy, uh, Austin Davis, <laughs> for those who don't know. I was going to say <laughs> Sam Bradford. Oh. How would you feel if the Rams gave Sam Bradford, say, like $2 million to come back up Jared Goff? I'd be okay with it. You I'd know, love I, it. I, I I'd know... fucking love it, man. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I, you know, jokes aside, I feel like Sam Bradford, as, <laughs> as kind of a joke as he's become, I think that he isn't as bad as people say he is. And if you bring up Arizona, no quarterback's going to do good in Arizona at this point. I, I really felt bad for every quarterback that has ever played in Arizona for, like, what, the past, what, five, six years? Basically, ever uh, since— you're being, you're being harsh on Arizona, but, I mean, this year, yeah, it was—the office was a complete joke. Um, I— Sam Bradford looked wash as hell in that offense, but uh, look, I mean, he—that's—it's he, just because he was making so much money that hurt, and how bad the offense was, and he was doing it no favors. But uh, yeah, keep going. I—I <laughs> I don't know if I'm being that tough, but uh, they were good like two or three years ago. And yet, what was the biggest problem? They couldn't protect their quarterback. Yeah, remember. Yeah. Carl- Palmer? Yeah, Palmer took a beating. I but... could still walk. <laughs> not, not to the level, though, that they took this year. I, I'm just saying. But look, Actually, I, for that, I'm surprised Bradford could still walk, for that matter. No, yeah, Bradford is on his last legs. Uh, who knows if he even <laughs> plays next year. If, if I'm He's Sam... Not... Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone would give Sam Bradford, like, what did I say, $4 million was our budget. That would be the absolute maximum money I could see him getting this offseason. Uh, and I don't even really see that. If we were to offer Sam Bradford, I'd say, like, $2.5 million. And if I'm Sam Bradford, and I know it sounds crazy to pass up that money, that man made a lot of money. And his body is frail. You know, maybe I take it. One thing we have, it's hard to, you know, really grasp is we say, like, you know, these players are old. They should retire, protect their body. There is nothing Sam Bradford can do next year that would make him, even if he signed for $1.5 million, nothing he could do would get $1.5 million. You know, this is his last chance, really, to make money. And he's got a ton of money. 
I don't know if it would mean much for him, the, the contracts he would get, but this is it, man. I mean, this is the end of his career, and if he can just get another couple contracts in, maybe maybe he's fine with it. And if we could get him as our backup, uh, memes aside, why not? I, he's better He's better than most backup quarterbacks out there, I'd say. You, you know, I feel like Steve would make an awesome financial advisor, you know? And instead of like him, <laughs> instead of like him putting out possibilities and potential, uh, potential losses, potential gains, he'd probably put out in memes. This is what's going to happen to your career. This, <laughs> Steve, become a financial advisor. <laughs> well, you you just see like washed players, like, and I see it all the time in the NBA that just keep they keep playing, they don't retire because, and I list I listened to richard jefferson's podcast a couple times and one of them he did like at the start of the season where he was on the nuggets like near the end of the season he was like a lot of people are telling me to retire but like look i'm not just gonna leave walk away from 2.4 million dollars like yeah i'm rich but i can't do something that would make that much money right now why wouldn't i just go sit on the bench and mentor a bunch of players for a season you know it's it's money it's in the grand scheme of things for those guys, it doesn't seem like a lot of money. But, I mean, even if you're rich, $2 million is a lot of fucking money. Uh, even if you made, like, $16 million like Sam Bradford did. Um, you know, let's say, I don't know, you make, th- even if you make, like, 40 50K and someone's like, hey, you could do this for $500 or you could just stay home, like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a ton of money, but you're not going to not go get that money if it's just sitting there. You know what I mean? That's true. That's yeah. true. All right. Uh, we ranted a lot on backup quarterbacks, so we're going to end the podcast. You got any final thoughts? You just won. Steve, how would you feel about looking at Jared Cook as a tight end <laughs> for the Rams? I. I don't know. I don't know what I would do if they signed Jared Cook, man. I really don't. That would probably be the last podcast you ever do is the Rams signing Jared Cook. I actually saw his name pop up. Uh, somebody, like a Cowboys person I follow on Twitter mentioned, like, would you guys be, how do you guys feel about signing Jared Cook? And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I, I meant to put it in the podcast. <laughs> like... <laughs> I guess you don't think that they're going to spend any money on tight end, do you? Um, I think they just kind of go with Everett. Yeah, I I would be sincerely surprised if, you know, I, I think at most they would do like a late round flyer. But uh, even then, that would semi-surprise me. Yeah, I don't. As far as skill positions go, I don't really see them going after anybody on offense. Um, the only guys that are free agents that I think they'll look at are CJ Anderson and Malcolm Brown. And I, I don't think that they're going to be able to get the money to work with Anderson. Um, they're prob I think they might be able to with Malcolm Brown. And if not, um, maybe they look for like an Anderson adjacent player. I don't know who that would be. Uh, you know, maybe like Marshawn Lynch or something like that. I don't think he's coming here. Um, I think they would just go with John Kelly and Justin Davis or, grab somebody else later in the draft or an undrafted free agent and see what happens. Um, but yeah, we're not God. 
I, I tell you what, I'm not doing a recap on if we sign Jared Cook. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Dude, I would blast your Twitter with nothing but Jared Cook photos. There there will be an open letter to Les Need if we sign Jared Cook on Ramstalk.net by me the next day, I will promise you. <laughs> the man the okay. man does not get a pass for how bad he was here. Some guys do. You know what, Nick Foles? Sure, you could have a pass. Jared Cook? No, absolutely not. When you give a guy that much money, and not only do they get washed, they just don't give any effort, and then the year they leave, they're back trying again. Uh, at, le- at least Kenny Britt, for for all his faults, just immediately stopped trying when he left the Rams. You know, even though he didn't try that hard when he was here, just immediately stopped playing. So Jared Cook did not do that. Okay, we're ending the podcast. Guys, follow me on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro, Johnny at Johnny Five Not Six, Rams Talk at at Rams Talk. Nope, that's not it. At Talk Rams. Yeah, you got me all fucking frazzled here, man. Uh, and, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rams Talk. Find the Rams Talk room, guys. Hit us up on there. And don't forget, anywhere you get podcasts, leave us a five star review. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM, Spotify. Uh, See you guys next week. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.